0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Dynasty's Ulton podcast, joined once again by my guy, Dynasty X-Factor, to talk about, is, is this your favorite team now? I'm, I have trouble keeping up.
1: Oh, man, I don't have a favorite team. I follow players, and I got to say, right now, my favorite player in the NFL is Tua.
0: Yep, and uh, Jacob is uh, sporting the Tua jersey right now, representing, uh, loud and proud, and I'm pretty excited to go over these projections because, I i mean, you think I'm a Tua hater. In fact, I am in the 99th percentile of a Tua fan. You're just in the 100th. Um, and I, I, I'd like, I, I think that you're going to like my projections for Tua here.
1: I actually looked over them right before we hopped on here, and I was very pleasantly surprised. Um, you know, sort of how you've been handling your shares of Tua. I've, I've noticed you've warmed on him quite a bit. That mm-hmm. Miami weather seems to be uh, to your liking. Um so I'm pretty interested to see where we defer on where his targets are going,
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: how the numbers shake out for the other players. But I think you and I might be in alignment on uh, number one there.
0: Yeah, and Tua is such an interesting player from a dynasty perspective and uh if if this is your first uh, one of the team previews you're listening to, uh, we're going to cover basically all there is to cover going through my projections about the Miami Dolphins right now. From both a redraft and dynasty perspective, of course, redraft will be kind of the crux of it for this episode because we're going over this upcoming year's projections. Uh, talk about position battles, where the usage is going to go, changes in scheme, things like that. Um, Two is super interesting to me because there's only one. There's only one quarterback that really goes in the middle of the thir- in the third round in most drafts, and that's Tua attack Typically, you have Kyler and Dak and Bryce Young come off at the end of the second. You have Tua in the third and then Daniel Jones in the fourth, and then maybe nothing till the end of the fifth or the sixth. So I don't like Daniel Jones. I don't like CJ Stroud over Tua. So uh, given where I have Tua, I end up taking him a lot in the third round, especially if guys like Mark Andrews and Jameer Gibbs are gone. I think he's the next best value in that range.
1: Absolutely. And I think when we're talking about Tua's value, we're talking about his market value um, because – if you look at what we're projecting him to be, he has no business being there in the third round. Yeah. I mean, he should be over Bryce young. Uh, he should be over a bunch of the uh, other Jack guys. Yep. Yeah. Um, but for some reason, you know, people are worried about his health long Uh, there are some haters that still don't believe that he can throw a ball more than five yards. I have no idea if those people watch football. Um, But you know what? We will dive in. We'll look at the numbers. We'll look at what you did last year and what we could reasonably expect uh, for this upcoming season.
0: Yeah, so I think that's probably a good place to start. Um, I can tell you that my Tua projection was 4,800 yards, 31 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, adding about 100 yards and a touchdown on the ground leading to 19 points per game and a five point per pass touchdown league. That would have been QB seven last year. Uh, important to note, there's a pretty big morass between QB between 20 points and 18 points holds basically QB six to 15. So kind of in that low end QB one high end QB two range. Um, how do you feel about those projections? Where did you shake out?
1: You know, I think those are pretty solid projections overall. Um, I think that somebody who is sort of in the middle of the road with Tua could wrap their head around those projections and be like, yeah, that's realistic. He has uh, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, who are superstars there. Got a genius offensive-minded head coach calling the plays. Um, I'm a little bit higher uh, on what I expect, and I think it really just comes down to that. I think he's going to throw a little bit more than you do. Um, And I also took his numbers from last year on a per-game basis – and it really kind of opened my eyes of, on what's actually possible here, uh, because when I took away the two concussion games, mm-hmm. I looked at the 11 games where he played full game, no concussion. I mean, the numbers were just downright ridiculous. So before I go to what my projections are, I'd like to just talk about what his 17 game pace was uh, based on the 11 non-concussion games. Right, and this includes that you're doing
0: this. I have I have a follow up point, but yeah, go go tell me these numbers. They're great.
1: These these numbers, all right. They include the games where he came back after the concussion. It took him a while to settle in. There's the only games that are excluded here are the uh, is the game against the Bills and the game against the Bengals where he left early due to concussion. All right, Mm -hmm. so seventeen game pace, three hundred and sixty eight completions. Uh, on 569 attempts, which is good for, I believe, a 64.7% completion, 5,026 passing yards, 37 touchdowns, and 11 interceptions. The only quarterback that would have passed for more yards and more touchdowns is Patrick Mahomes, and the only quarterback that had a higher QBR is Mr. Brock Purdy. <laughs> so, I mean, you can't really argue with the fact that Tua, uh, Tua absolutely dominated. I mean, he was first in yards per attempt, first in yards per catch.
0: He, talking, he was please? a legitimate MVP candidate, and yeah, he had that 470-yard, six-touchdown game against Baltimore, but... When you have, he also had two games straight where he threw under 20 attempts. So you can't, this sample that Jacob is referring to is pretty large. He averaged 22 fantasy points a game over that sample. My projections for him is actually to throw the same amount. I have him for 380 completions on 580 attempts. The difference for me is that he averaged, I believe it was 13.7 yards per completion last year, which is absolutely of, yeah, 13.7. I have been projected for more like 12.7, 13.7 led the league. I I think that that's just, you know, not, obviously he could do it again. He did it over a relatively large sample, but I have, for instance, Jalen Waddle. Going from going from eighteen point one yards per catch to seventeen, right? Just like small changes like that can end up moving down the yards per completion. But uh, two is going to have a huge year. There's no doubt about it.
1: Yeah, and I think where my my projections um, defer from you is just overall volume on passes. Uh, I don't. I agree with you that the efficiency metrics are going to come down a little bit. The receivers are going to get less yards per per catch. Two is going to have less yards per, per attempt. And the nature of that is that as these drives get longer, there's going to be some more short passes that go around.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: that being said, I do expect in the second year of this offensive team for them to have more success overall. Two is going to be settled in. Um, it's a lot for a, for a young quarterback to, to absolutely master a new offense, and especially one as complicated as the one that Mike McDaniels throwing around. Um, mm-hmm. So where I come out here is that I think he's going to get up to slightly north of 600 attempts, 612 attempts, not too much more than what you're projecting, about 30 more attempts than you're projecting. We'll give them a 66% completion percentage. It's up about a point and a half.
0: Yep, that's uh, what I as well.
1: Uh-huh. Um, 5,202 yards. We're going to stick with the same uh, TDs at 37 and we're going to give him, because he's a little more accurate, we're going to give him a little break on uh, interceptions here, going down to nine. So that total is 404 completions, 612 attempts, 5,202 yards, 37 TDs, nine interceptions. What do you think about that, Mike? Too ambitious?
0: I think that you're pushing the TD rate a little bit, given that you're also lowering the interception rate and you're not lowering the, yard, the yards per completion by a significant amount. But overall, like it's in the same ballpark. We're, we're just arguing around the peripherals now. And one important thing to note when I'm doing this entire projection is that the Dolphins were actually the sixth slowest team in the league last year in terms of their plays per game. Mm-hmm. And if we look at some of the other teams down there, it's the Patriots, Rams, Bears, Titans, and Panthers, which were five of the worst teams in the league. Uh, worst offenses in the league, at least. Meanwhile, the Dolphins scored almost 24 points a game last season. That was more than any other team in the bottom 10 in that place per game statistics. So their offense is good. It's possible that they could speed up. I haven't heard much in camp about them doing that, but, Given that the Dolphins were a good offense last year and they ran less than 60 plays per game, if you put them at the median, that's 64, 63 and a half plays a game. That's two more passes for Tua, and we're getting right to your total attempts number. So I'm not ruling it out, and I did see that in games that Tua started, they were up closer to 61 plays per game, given that he was just keeping them on the field longer. So that's also something to factor in. Um, I think we covered Tua. I mean, both of us are very high on him with good reason, let's move on to talk about the running back room. Cause this is one that both of us, I feel are very opinionated about. Um, we've had discussions before about uh, Devon Achane. I, I honestly don't really want to have it again. Um, but I am interested in your opinion on how I split up this backfield. Cause I felt I was actually relatively fair about it. I'm interested to hear. So what, what I basically did here is I have Atchain and Mostert taking about 40% of the rushing workload each. Jeff Wilson taking most of the remaining. But I have Atchain as the lead receiving back um, with 40, 46 catches on the season. That's with him running about you know 50% of the routes. And to give you an idea, last season, Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert each ran in the low 40% of routes. So it's very conceivable that Atchain, if he gets that role, could essentially get that. Um anyways, I have him coming out to the RB twenty seven at eleven point four points a game. Uh Mostert and Jeff Wilson, you know, are RB forty five and RB seven one. Not that useful.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, the running back room is so weird in Miami, and ultimately I don't think that it is complete at this point. I really do believe somebody like Dalvin Cook, Ezekiel Elliott, Lenny Fournette, Kareem Hunt, one of those guys is gonna sign in Miami. Mm-hmm. Um and all of those guys would immediately become the top dog in Miami in my my humble opinion uh that being said, if it didn't change let's work under the assumption that nothing changed and these are the three guys we're rolling with here um i don't I don't really hate your projections as much as i I really feel like it's just a sit in the dark um that's right think, I think it's safe to say Jeff Wilson would be the least utilized guy. He's not good. Uh, he's not good at anything. He doesn't catch passes. He's made of glass. Um, Raheem Moser, I think the one thing everybody uh, forgets is that every time he's on the field, he's good. You know, He's, he's an extremely efficient back. He's mm-hmm. extremely explosive. He can do a little bit of everything. He's a solid pass blocker. Um, he's just also made of glass, like Jeff Wilson, so, you know, there's a real opportunity for A-Chain uh, with Wilson and Moser as the guys uh, who are sharing this room with him to actually have some significant playing time by by virtue of injuries. Um, it it, yeah, be... and,
0: and I, I just want to expand on that a little bit because it's a great point. R- Raheem Mostert is not a guy that you can rely on in the least. He is... 31. He's 31 years old, and he has a total of 67 career receptions and 460 career 65 attempts. He has never been. He's only been over 137 attempts once in a season. He's only played over eight games once in a season. So, I I agree with you. And part of what I'm doing here is I'm not predicting injuries that don't exist. But for a guy like Raheem Mostert, where it's been proven time after time after time. At some point this season, if, if, if Atchane's playing him to a draw, Mostert's going to miss a few games and Atchane can step in and be given his chance. And Jeff Wilson's the same way. He's a guy who's only been over 126 attempts once and has under 500 attempts in his five-year career. So there's a big opportunity for Atchane, given Mostert has less than a reception a game. Jeff Wilson has only 57 receptions in 53 career games. And Devon Atching was a 93rd percentile target share in college. So yeah, it's, it is a shot in the dark. I'm not denying that. And it could absolutely change. But by the way, these projections are as of May, th- as, of, as of August 3rd, no running back yet. Um, I will be updating these projections uh, on my Patreon if you're interested, especially if a running back signs there, these will obviously change. But ha- how do you feel about that? Like, I just think Achane. At a 38 ADP in redraft, I think there's way more upside than downside at that cost. And I, I know part of it is because of the potential of Dalvin Cook, but I, I'm still interested in that at that cost.
1: I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm totally out on that chain because, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, first of all, I, I don't think he'll translate. Um, the big problem I have with your projections here is the receiving workload. Knowing to his uh, to his game and the Dolphins' offense, the passing work for a running back in Miami are those are simply dump offs. They're not involved in terms of you know spreading them out wide. They're not running Texas routes. They're, they're really not running real routes. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're an emergency safety blanket. I, I just don't see you know 70, 80 passes. 90 passes going to the running backs.
0: Um, yeah. My, I, and, and, and I'm happy to explain that process there. So last year, Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson had 66 targets mm. and my, I'm of the opinion. And I think the numbers prove it, that at is at least potentially a better receiver than those two. And Alec Ingold had another 23 recept- targets and chase Edmonds had another 17. So that's 83 of the running backs. Plus another 23 to the fullback. I mean, maybe you don't count those. That's fine. So, my projections might be a little high. I'm projecting for 100 targets to those three running backs. It was 87 last year, but I don't, given that I'm expecting them to throw more overall, like I don't think those numbers are crazy. I, I think the point you might have is, you know, the, the yards per reception for most dirt and at are quite high. Um, I'm currently expecting or projecting at chain to average eight yards per reception. I'm kind of factoring in just one or two. You know, fifty-yard catches, but I, I can understand that a little
1: bit. The other the other issue I have with the ad chain um, numbers that you have, I don't know if you have these up on the screen when you when you uh, put up the podcast. Uh, if I you don't. You should. I don't know. Um, he is puny, you know, and Tua needs protection. Miami is going to care about who is standing next to him and whether or not they can protect him. So for Achie to get on the field, uh, he he doesn't just have to be the best pass catching running back. He has to be able to defend Tua and I mean he's tiny. So Well, y- I mean, can, can yes you do and that? no. Like
0: like there are running backs who only run routes. Like they don't pass block. So I obviously that's not preferable. It tips your hand to the defense, but I was actually thinking this through. And part of what I did in these projections is I shifted some of the targets that went to Mike Gesicki last year to the running backs, because mm-hmm. I'm of the opinion they're going to, their top two tight ends are like Durham Smythe and Elijah Higgins. They're going to leave a tight end into block a lot more than they did with Gesicki. So I'm of the opinion that perhaps they're okay playing a guy like Achane. They can use the tight end either, Next or the fullback back, either next to Tua in a full house backfield or you know at the tight end position and leave him into block. But I see your point, and it's always important to get on the field, especially as a young running black, r- young running back to be able to block.
1: Um you, you have a good point there that they, they might just shift up their blocking seams overall. Yeah. But when you're looking at projecting, you know, 45 receptions for a running back, that's a pretty good Amount, especially for a rookie, so mm-hmm. you want to make sure that that player is going to see the field quite often, which he could do given who who else is on the depth chart currently. Um, I just have a hard time seeing it happen. Just you know, given his size, given given the importance of protecting two up, um, and then also the Dolphins' lack of involvement of the running back in the passing game generally. Um, yeah. It could happen. Yeah, I can totally. It could happen. I think it really would depend on if what you what you're predicting comes true, and that's you know keeping those tight ends in, which may or may not happen. I I think Higgins is more of a pass cap catching option, and it's yeah. frankly weird to me that they haven't replaced Koseki with anybody legitimate. But you know, it is yeah, no, I guys.
0: completely agree with that. Higgins is a guy that I actually want to touch on a little bit later. Um, I'll, I'll he's, say this about. Sorry, yeah, go ahead. Go
1: ahead. I was okay. just gonna
0: say Higgins probably is the third tight end. They got uh, Eric Sobert from Denver, who's like a pure blocker, um, as the second tight end. So that you know, if anything, might enforce my message.
1: I will say this, Mike. Um, if your predictions come true with that chain, you know, you're talking about 5.1 yards per carry on a mm-hmm. good amount of touches. Uh, what nine yards per reception on a good amount of receptions? Uh, if if he hits those metrics. He will absolutely be worth the eighth or ninth round ADP he's going for. And then with those efficiency numbers, you should expect an increased role moving forward, regardless of his size, because the best predictor of touches going forward is how well you do with them when you get them, yeah. uh, you know? So, and especially in an offense like Miami, where they're, they're really just trying to get speed and space. It doesn't really matter. Um, and, and he's apparently
0: been uh, fitting like a glove in that, uh, in that scheme so far in training camp. Um, and this is only projecting 150 carries, which is, you know, nine per game essentially. So it's, it's not crazy.
1: Um, let's I,
0: move on. Sorry, go ahead. You got one I, more thing. I
1: do think though that um, I would push back on, on that, those level of uh, that level of efficiency for him in the running game, because, you know, you're talking about a, a 185 pound kid who's going to have to learn how to make yards after contact happen. Um, he's used to being the fastest guy on the field and you know, he, he's still going to be one of the fastest guys in the field but those defenders are going to close in on him quickly. There's going to be harder contact on his runs. We'll see if he can actually pop it and take it to the house. Um, yeah. yeah, I, He would I definitely, definitely need,
0: he would need a few few 50 50, yard plays to get there and that's that's part of what I'm incorporating in I mean like I I don't want to again get into a James Cook for his discussion but James Cook had what like 5.9 yards per carry last year on like 80 89 carries something like that so it's 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 possible um I I do want to move on to talk about the wide receivers I I I would be interested to hear if you think there's a third wide receiver that matters but Typically in this offense, it doesn't, and everything's going to go through Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. So my question about Jalen Waddle is, his role completely changed in 2022 versus 2021 after Tyree Kill arrived. So mm-hmm. in 2021 and after McDaniel's arrived. So in 2021, Jalen Waddle had a 26% target rate, set the record for receptions by a rookie, but only on a 6.3 a dot and 9.8 yards per catch. In 2022, he basically doubled those numbers with a 12.1A dot, 18 yards per catch, and he, his target rate only dropped 2% to 24%, even while Hill dominated the target share at almost 34%, which is just nuts. So what do you think 2023 has in store for Jalen Waddell?
1: is an excellent question. I think this is one of the um, easier things to predict. Uh, and I think the numbers are very easily explainable. I mean, if you look back to 2021 and and you just dive into what the context was, you had two out for half the season. Jacoby Brissett was your quarterback for half the year. Jacoby Brissett can't throw the ball. Uh, You also have Brian Flores calling plays who was allergic to throwing the deep ball. And then you had an offensive line that was actually the worst in the league. So you're you're talking about a quarterback that had no time to throw. Uh, You have a quarterback for Happy games who can't throw. And then you have a, a coach who doesn't want to throw. Um, so given all of those things, it's pretty, pretty obvious that any, uh, any opportunities Jalen model was going to have, it wasn't going to be. Deep. Um, then you also look at what the room around Jalen model was, and there was absolutely no other options. So mm-hmm. of course he's going to get fed, Right. I mean, Yes, he set the rookie reception record, and that is damn impressive regardless of the context. But with context, I mean, it, it sort of makes sense, right? Like, who else were these quarterbacks going to throw to? Um, anyways, going on to 2022, uh, I think people like me were just saying you know, they were pounding the table. Jalen Waddell was this deep threat at Alabama. He's got this blazing speed. He's a tremendous route runner. He makes people uh, break their ankles. Um, he is going to be a deep threat. And everybody who was saying Tua can't throw the ball deep was just wrong. Like, I mean, watch the guy play. He's got a beautiful deep ball. He's always been accurate down the field. I mean, the the guy is, he can throw the ball anywhere. He can throw it literally anywhere. Um, And they they really bolstered their offensive line. So Tua was going to have more time to throw. Uh, So we saw the yards reception explode so that it was in line with what he was doing at Alabama, um, I think that we can expect more of the same in terms of of you know Waddle being used all over the place. He's going to be underneath. He's going to be midfield. He's going to get his fair share of deep balls. I think Miami did an excellent job of using Tyreek and Waddle interchangeably. Mm-hmm. Um, Tyreek, you know, he ha- he is probably the one of one of if not the best. Technical receivers in the NFL, Uh, like his footwork, his ability to change direction is unparalleled. Um, So unlike Kansas City, which was a a bit more boomer bust for Tyreek Hill, you know Patrick Mahomes doing Patrick Mahomes things, slinging it deep for for Hill, you know it was really like, yeah, how many how many air yards can we get on each pass? There were so many manufactured plays for Hill where it was just like. We're going to have him cross the field. He's going to do what he does with his legs. Um, I'm going to expect that to continue as well. Now, where I am changing what I think about where where Waddle and Hill are going to do, I think Waddle is actually on the same level as Tyreek Hill, as a player. Um, He's been able to work with Tyreek Hill for all this time. Now he's entering his third year in the league. Uh, he's now a veteran. You know, he's, he's no longer second year Jalen Waddell. Um, he could potentially take a big step forward just as a player. And in my projections, I actually have Waddle beating Tyreek Hill in target Share, getting more yards. And the reason simple. I think Jalen Waddle is going to be the better underneath and mid-range receiver. And that is where you're going to get the majority of your yards from Tua because Tua is going to be used in the play action game. They're going to want to get the ball out of his hands quickly. So whoever's his first read, which, you know, probably going to be Jalen Waddle because he tells fast you're going to be going down the field. I think it's going to be beautiful. Absolutely beautiful.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it, it'll be interesting. I, It's kind of hard to say if a transition will occur, when it will occur. I mean, Last year, again, Jalen Waddell had a 24% target rate, but Tyree Kills was 34%. So there's room for Tyree Kill to still be better than Waddle, but maybe it shifts 2 or 3% in Waddle's direction. And if you do that, I mean, as it is, I have Waddell projected for 83 catches, 1,400 yards, and eight touchdowns, which is a top-12 wide receiver season. You know, I, Tyreek projected for over sixteen hundred yards and twelve touchdowns. Honestly, like I, Tyreek was on pace for two thousand for a good amount of last season, and I he don't was. think he's gonna. I don't think he's gonna get there. But listen, there's there's three thousand yards or more. I would say more to go around between the two of these guys because they are they are earning more than fifty percent of Tua's total targets, and they are doing it at a fifteen plus yards per reception combined. So uh, either sure. to me. good bets in in redraft
1: do you want to know what their 17 game pace was with Tua on the 11 games yep all right who do you want first give me both
0: I don't care give me Tyreek
1: all right Tyreek with Tua in those 11 games his 17 game pace we have sorry my my Calculation was wrong. One second. I got to fix this one.
0: All good. No worries. Let's, uh, let's, I got it. Uh, oh, you got it. Cool. Go ahead.
1: All right. 127 receptions on 183 targets for 1,877 yards and nine receptions, uh, nine touchdowns. And then Jalen waddle 81 receptions on 127 targets for 1495 yards, 12 touchdowns.
0: Wow. I am basically identical to those waddle projections with the exception of the touchdowns. I'm basically giving them to Tyreek over Waddle. But yeah, it's you know this this pie is massive. It's probably you know, almost 40 fantasy points a game between the two of them. And whether it's split up 60-40 or 57-43, it, we don't know. But both of these guys are going to be absolute studs. Um, let's move on. Is there, is there anything else that stands out to you about my projections before we hit on a lightning round? I know we, uh, we covered most of these guys by now.
1: Nothing stands out in particular, but you did ask if I thought that there was really a third receiver to care about in mm-hmm. Miami. Um, you know, I don't think he's a guy to care about because he's proven to be a head case and he's proven that he is not very good at the game of football. But Robbie Anderson, let me just say this: if you have Robbie Anderson on the field with Tyreek and and Waddle, somebody's gonna forget about him. Right? Yeah, and
0: and, and I have t- I have Robbie Anderson projected it's kind of like the backup to both Tyreek and Waddle. Um, I think Barrios is going to play most of the slot role, but they don't they don't use the slot a whole lot in Miami. But I listen if if Tyreek or Waddle got hurt, there's a lot of targets that have to be soaking up. It doesn't really work like it does at running back, where those directly get attributed to someone. But you know, I, I don't mind taking a shot. Um, on a guy like Robbie Anderson for free, but I, I don't know, I think he sucks. I'm not
1: all, for him. all I'm saying is if he had three receptions for 240 yards and three touchdowns <laughs> in the season for the season, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me.
0: Yeah, no, maybe, maybe he's like a desperation best ball guy. Uh, um,
1: I think you'd be a great best ball pickup,
0: yeah, definitely. All right, lightning round. Uh, try to limit your answers to 30 seconds or less for these. Uh, best dynasty value on the Dolphins, Tua. Yeah, no no doubt. I mean, I I like the value of A-Chain, but it's got to be Tua. Uh worst dynasty value on the Dolphins. Achane. Yeah, for me this is uh oh, fuck. It like I don't even think it's it's got to be Hill or Waddle for me because those are the only two other guys who have value. I I don't hate either of them though. I
1: I think the answer there between those is Hill just because of the age and the time yeah. clock. It's just you might as well pay a little bit more and get Waddle.
0: Yeah, yeah. I just I, – sometimes I'm worried it's more than a little bit more. It it depends. Like like Waddle at the 202 gives me a bit uh, – 204 gives me a bit of pause, but it's that's a tough range of starting. Let me ask
1: you this. Would you add three seconds to Tyree Kill for Waddle? Three – no. Mm, I,
0: would, I would do that in mm, a heartbeat. Uh, shit. No, I don't think so. I don't think so because I, I, I still think that Tyreek is going to be four or so points better than than Waddle. And that matters. Um, player that might be on waivers in a dynasty league that you should pick up.
1: Yeah, I would go with Higgins there. Uh He might be absolutely nothing, but you know, the entire tight end room for the offense is nothing. He has a uh, pass catching upside they say so you know what mm-hmm. i'll throw that dart
0: yeah i agree especially in a tight end premium league just because there's really nothing else he basically is a converted wide receiver had over 1300 yards in college uh, that'd probably be the choice for me um i have been hearing good things about uh out of eric as as um in camp uh another big bodied receiver That might be used in a big slot role, so another guy to look. That might be on waivers. Uh, Prediction for your win loss record for the Dolphins.
1: Without looking at their schedule, I'm going to say 12 and five.
0: Yep, and that would be—I mean—that'd be impressive in a in an AFC East that is pretty loaded. All of a sudden, but um, I I mean, uh, I
1: think that uh, you know, you put a running back on the fins. I think they're the best team in the NFL.
0: I wouldn't go quite that far. I I don't know if anyone's catching KC or Philly, but I you know they're, they're a good team. Um, they're especially if that offensive line comes together, like you mentioned earlier. Um, I'll probably predict them closer to ten wins, maybe an eleventh win. I again haven't gone through all of that yet. Um, I have a
1: question for you there. Yeah, you said you don't see him catching KC or Philly, but if you're projecting to it to be up there around five thousand passing yards, right? Mm-hmm. The difference between Miami's defense and Kansas city's defense is significant. So, uh,
0: it it is, first of all, I'm actually not that high on Miami's defense. I think it's a little bit overrated. They got some big money signings, but, those often don't correlate those big names. Uh we saw Byron Jones regress massive, on, that's massively a last year.
1: That's the Patriots fan, and you no, nah, dude, it's true.
0: I mean, it's true. I don't think they're as good as the Bills. Jalen Ramsey <laughs> already got hurt. He's not coming back till probably close to the playoffs. I I mean, I won't Forgot lie and say I don't have bias against Miami. Miami, I mean, they beat they beat Tom Brady in Miami every year out of nowhere, and they beat us in that Wildcat game with Ronnie Brown but they've never threatened us. So I'm not, I don't hate Miami. Um, I just think that they don't have, they don't have Patrick Mahomes. Like, honestly, it comes down to that. Like Patrick Mahomes is so much better than Tua. I don't care if Tua is the the third best quarterback in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes is way, way better. So I'm not going to assume that he can surpass that. They also have a far, far better offensive line. They still have a good defensive line. I'm going to go with Casey over Miami and same with Philly. Probably same with Buffalo, but they're a good team. And I think they'll be right there competing with the likes of the Chargers for for the fifth seed, that first wild card spot. And, you know, it'd it'd be fun if they won that game to go into Arrowhead and and we could see him match up with Mahomes, see if he's better.
1: I guess we will see. But uh, you saying how, you know, Patriots kept losing to Miami just reminds me of the, uh, the Miami miracle, Kenyon Drake. Yeah, One of my favorite yeah. plays of all time.
0: I uh, I recorded earlier on the Patriots, and uh, we have confirmed that they've taken that lateral play out of the playbook. So that's that's going to be good. Um, <laughs> all right, anything uh, you want to uh, pitch uh, that you've been working on before we sign off?
1: No, nothing I'm working on. Just you know, this is a really good time if you're if you're trying to figure out what to do with C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young, and you're finding that it's actually difficult to offload those guys for value. Maybe you're not confident in having a rookie quarterback uh, as in your starting lineup, or, you know, you just don't want to run the risk that they aren't as advertised. Maybe you don't see the upside with their legs. You should look into trading them for two plus. I mean, you should, you'll find it pretty easy to get a good chunk on top of two of those guys. And if you can't, you're probably getting a better quarterback. You know he's he was a better prospect coming out. Uh, he's proven himself in the NFL, and those guys they're playing for Houston and Carolina, and Tua's playing in Miami with Waddle and Tyreek Hill. So
0: I it's you can't pretend that the concussions didn't happen. But if they didn't, Tua would be rated above Stroud and Young right now. Easily. He's above them in my rankings in my dynasty rankings. So I. I agree with you there, and I do think you could get a plus on top. Um, where is he in are, your rankings? Tua? Let me pull it up. He's definitely ahead of those two. I think I was, I was arguing between, internally arguing, between him and Dak. I think that's where I was struggling with. I ended up putting Dak higher because he does have that rushing upside. I know he's older, but given Tua's injury risk, I thought that Dak's, you know, he has shown samples of averaging 26 points a game while Tua has kind of peaked at that 22 just because of the rushing upside. I have Tua at 13. So it's everyone's top bait with Kyler and Deshaun in there, makes 10, Richardson 11, Dak of Tua 13, and then I Bryson Stroud 14, uh, 14 and 15.
1: Uh, man, that that seems a bit low for your projections. Given his situation, his weapons, you might need to revisit that ranking. It it it
0: it might be, but I can't put him above Kyler or Deshaun. I can't put him above Richardson because of that rushing upside. I understand. I understand the cons of Richardson, but and I can put him uh, above Dak just because of the just because of the potential for the concussions as well as the lack of that elite upside. He two is never going to average 25 points a game. He, even in your projection that's more like 22. So I'm um, if you're really going for that elite level upside, I two is not quite there, but uh, yeah, I'll take him over the unknowns of Bryson
1: Strad for sure. I would love to have a conversation mid-season just reflecting on uh, Trevor Lawrence and Tua Tagovailoa, And yeah. uh See where they're at, because I think one of the guys we, we defer on is I have two over Trevor. Um, yeah,
0: I mean, e- even in these projections, I'm projecting Tua for 19 points a game, and I'm projecting Trevor for 20.5 points a game. So I, uh, wow. I'm higher on Trevor than Tua. A lot of it has to do with Trevor's going to add 400 yards and four touchdowns on the ground. Who has got to out throwing by over a thousand yards and seven touchdowns to make, or six touchdowns to make up for that? So that's, that's where true. the difference is for me. Um, but it's yeah, that would be an interesting conversation to have midseason as well.
1: I think uh, we know who's a better looking quarterback.
0: <laughs> no arguments there. <laughs> uh, all right, man. Thanks for joining on. As always, to everyone for listening, thanks for tuning in to the Dynasty on podcast. All of my projections, as I mentioned, are available for $6 a month on Patreon. I'll be up to updating those throughout the season so they'll act as rest-of-season rankings as well as we get injuries and more information otherwise. So thanks for tuning in. Make sure to follow myself and Dynasty X Factor on Twitter, and I'll talk to you all soon.